from Romans chapter 8. In the same way, the Spirit comes to the aid of our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit itself intercedes with inexpressible groanings, and the one who searches hearts knows what is the intention of the Spirit, because it intercedes for the holy ones according to God's will. Welcome to the Taking Back the Crown Retreat. We are in the second week of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola, sampling from him various prayer exercises and scripture passages as we go forward in the retreat to allow for the kingship of Jesus to take back the crown that we might grow in holiness in this time as opposed to moving to fear and a subject subject. Is that a word? <laughs> a submission to fear and to worry in the midst of the coronavirus or of any episode of fear in life. All right. Well, today I would like to teach in this 10th episode, day 10, a very central way and method of prayer taught by St. Ignatius. It was not invented by him, but it was certainly popularized by him and therefore will often be referred to as Ignatian contemplation. Sometimes it's also referenced as imaginative prayer. But when put together with the various steps prescribed by St. Ignatius, it's known by Ignatian contemplation. Now, just a reminder for us, when we say the word contemplation, this implies the receiving part of prayer, one in which we are opening ourselves so that God may give God's self to us. And yet, in this method, there are certain things that we are doing, that we are meditating and using our imagination to be able to provide that place spiritually where contemplation can occur. Within our spiritual tradition, this method would be one of acquired contemplation, That is, that we're using our mental faculties to prepare us through meditation and the use of imagination to be ready to now do what we cannot do on our own, but is a free gift of God to be able to receive in the midst of our prayer. That receiving may have feeling, it may not. Mostly, it is God's presence coming to us, moving within the heart, So let's go into this method and to understand how it is that we're going to be using it. This particular method uses imagination, and it is most appropriate for scripture passages that have stories in them. So let's say we were praying with a psalm. Well, a psalm doesn't really, it has sayings, but it doesn't really have a story that it's telling. And so we would probably want to use something like Lexio Divina for that kind of prayer, for that kind of scripture. But let's say that we're praying with the Annunciation. There's a story that's there. This imaginative way of praying would insert us into the story and use our five senses to be able to be there in the story and let it unfold. Let's go into the steps. I'm going to share with you what they are, and then we'll go back to them and explain them again. The first is to make the act of presence. That is the putting oneself in the presence 
the gaze, the loving gaze of the Father. Then to ask for the Holy Spirit to be able to illumine our hearts, to be able to pray well. Thirdly, to ask for the grace. Now we've already been doing these different steps in the act of presence to be able to help us to pray. Here's where things begin to be a little bit different. We will take up the story and read it maybe once or twice, slowly, and then using our imagination, compose the place, a composition of the place, having a sense of the scenery, the time of the day, the weather, the temperature. I will also utilize an application of the senses. What does it look like? What do I hear? What do I smell? What do I taste? And what do I feel? All of these uses of my physical faculties will help me to connect with my spiritual faculties of faith, hope, and love. Isn't it true that we say taste and see the goodness of the Lord? This allows us to access something more deeper in the story. The last step is a colloquy, which we discussed while going over the first week, is a series of conversations that we might have with God or with Mary. Lastly, we will step away from our prayer and there we will review, make a review, and take time to journal. Okay, backing up, let's go back to the very beginning. And the first step is to make the act of presence. Again, to be before God in his loving gaze for about the time that it takes to pray the Our Father. I ask the Holy Spirit to help me. And then I ask for the particular grace. The grace that we're going to be praying for all throughout the rest of the second week of the spiritual exercises is to grow in heartfelt knowledge of Jesus Christ so I can love him more deeply and follow him more closely. Then I go and I use my imagination. Okay. Well, the imagination allows me to access a story that was 2,000 years ago and to be able to connect and touch and receive the actual grace of that life story of Jesus, of that mystery. It allows a way in which God can channel to me the way in which he was in that story and to allow it to impact me in a personal way. Although it happened 2,000 years ago, Jesus is the word of God, the word among us. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And he can bring the mystery of the story to be present to us right now. By using our imagination, we compose the place, we apply our senses, and we creatively let the story unfold using our imagination. should be said here that some of us are better in using our imaginations than others. And that's all right. Don't be discouraged if you don't feel as though you have a great imagination. 
And don't go perhaps overboard if you have a great imagination. But at the same time, to recognize that the goal here is to make contact with Jesus. To access the mystery of his love and what he's wanting to reveal. With a simultaneous discernment of what are our interior movements, our thoughts, our feelings and desires. Are they consolation, desolation? If they're consolation, to go with them. If they're desolation, to go against them. And so while I am in the prayer, I will compose the place. Let me give you an example here of doing this with the story of the visitation. When I took the 30-day silent retreat of the spiritual exercises, I had a very creative scenario with the visitation of Mary going to the hill country to visit her cousin Elizabeth. I imagine that I was at a young age, the same age that Mary would have been when she went into the hill country. And I decided I was going to take it upon myself to escort her in the caravan, to give her company, and to make sure that she got there safely. While we went, I listened to her tell stories, to talk about her love of God the Father, and her anticipation of going to see her cousin Elizabeth and Zechariah. I went with her as far as the threshold of the house of Zechariah and Elizabeth and heard Elizabeth's greeting. And then I listened to Mary sing her Magnificat. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. And I just stayed at a certain point and just was in awe and in the presence of John the Baptist leaping in the womb of Elizabeth, Jesus in the womb of Mary, and Mary singing. Now, did the story transpire 2,000 years ago with somebody escorting Mary? We don't know. It's possible. But notice that the imagination allows me to access the story in a personal way. So, you might be struggling. Sometimes with this prayer, you might say, all right, is this just my imagination or is it God? And the answer to that question is, Yes. <laughs> so it is your imagination, a mental faculty that God has given you to prepare yourself to receive the presence of the living God. But it's also God. It's his mystery. It's his story. And when accessed, even in this human way of imagination, grace has the possibility to move interiorly within our heart and to thump our soul, <laughs> to move in consolation. Or when praying in such way, we might experience different fears. We might have hesitations or resistance. And so in the experience of this kind of desolation, I pay attention to this in discernment, and I recognize this is a place I want to bring before God. I open it up like an ARRR, like we did before and learned that method and use it even within this one. And then I allow myself to receive God's love in that place of either consoling love, consolation, or of desolation where I'm closed off from God. That's how it is that we pray using the imagination. And this would be the bulk of the prayer time that you would be using in Ignatian uh, contemplation. As you get a sense of coming to the close, 
St. Ignatius would again encourage us to close with a colloquy, a series of conversations to Jesus, to God the Father, the Holy Spirit, and Mary. For our purposes during this retreat, you can choose any of these. It's fascinating how when being faithful to this step of prayer, sometimes the most powerful part of the prayer is the colloquy in which God opens up inspiration in a whole new way. It's also fascinating how the different conversations will be different. That which I have with Jesus will be different than what I have with the Holy Spirit. And Mary's presence. Mary has a way of appropriating grace. She's the preeminent disciple. So when we speak to her about what we've just prayed about, it helps us to kind of wrap up the gift, to place it in our heart, to stay with it a little bit more, and to accept the truth and reality of the goodness that we have contemplated. St. Ignatius would encourage us to have these little breaks as we go from one conversation to the other, that we would end our prayer to Jesus maybe with a prayer such as the Anima Christi, the Soul of Christ prayer. And then maybe with the Holy Spirit, the Glory Be to the Father and to the Son and the Holy Spirit. To the Father, the Our Father, and to Mary, the Hail Mary. Each of these gives a little break before going in to the next conversation or closing the time of prayer. Once the prayer time is done, St. Ignatius, especially within the time of, of retreat, will say it's very good to review your prayer a few moments later after the prayer to consider what were the interior movements, thoughts, feelings, and desires, consolations, desolations. What were the images that I saw? And then to journal those down. Sometimes you may have to have a journal with you because something's happening in prayer and you want to remember it. Not that you want to start uh, necessarily journaling during the prayer, but you might want to jot down a few things to remember to go back to once the prayer is concluded. A good acronym to know what to journal is the word sifted. Remember, that's what we said discernment means, to sift. Well, if I use S-I-F-T, skip the E, and go to D, that will be a little acronym for what do I sense bodily, images that may come to me, feelings, thoughts, desires. Remember, these are the things that we're discerning, that we're wanting to stay with. And so I can then use this as a, a way of kind of recollecting myself, thinking of how I was moved during the particular time of prayer. That is Ignatian contemplation, using the imagination as a way of accessing the presence of Jesus. All right, so the prayer exercise today, remember how we said the second week goes through the life of Jesus? So today, we're going we're gonna to pray with the nativity of our Lord. Here in the middle of Lent, we're going to pray with Christmas. It's Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 20. And the particular grace that I'm going to ask for again is to grow in a heartfelt knowledge of Jesus Christ so that I can love him more deeply 
and follow him more closely. Let's conclude with the Hail Holy Queen. Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, O most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us. And after this, our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.